This podcast is recorded live during my weekly Zoom virtual healing circles. Be sure to stick around to the end of the episode to learn more about how you can join me for these live virtual events. Welcome to the Virtual Healing Circle with me, Jen Fable of LiveLifeUnbroken.com. And tonight we're going to tackle a pretty big topic. We're going to talk about this idea of who are you and how to start to find yourself. What does that even mean? So why is this important? This is important because knowing who you are is kind of the point. It's the single most important quest in all of life. And so it makes finding yourself a natural question that we eventually begin to ask. We follow the rules, we do what we're supposed to do, and we follow the system. And at some point we start to wake up and start to figure out that knowing who we are in and of ourselves, separate from everyone else, becomes part of the journey. This is important because knowing yourself is really the only thing you ever actually can know. The world outside of you is subject to interpretation by your senses. We know very well that what we experience inside is vastly different from the world that is actually outside of us. We can't actually know what's outside of us. And so knowing who we are is really all we can know. And so it makes it a really worthwhile question to ask. And this is important because all of life is a process of discovering, experiencing various aspects or facets of who you are. And so it helps us begin to formulate a map as to how to get there. So we're going to start with a really, really broad definition. We're going to go super, super big picture on this. So who are you? You are an energetic being in an energetic universe. According to Nikola Tesla, if you want to find the secrets of the universe, think in terms of energy, frequency, and vibration. And that's really what we do. We pick up on energy. If you think about it, the way the human eye works is that Light, in the form of electromagnetic radiation, bounces off of stuff in our environment, comes into our eyes through the pupil, gets filtered through the lens, gets flipped upside down, by the way, and projected onto the retina at the back of the eye, gets converted into electrical energy, and then gets translated and right-sided up, that's a word now, by the brain. So energy comes in through your eye, gets translated into what you see. And by the way, the visible light spectrum is just a smidgen of the full electromagnetic spectrum. So when I say that we are only experiencing a small amount of what is out there, just visually, you have everything from extremely low frequency electromagnetic radiation in the form of AM radio, they're about the size of a building, all the way down to teeny tiny gamma rays, which are about the size of an atom. And then the visible light spectrum is right there in the middle and just a tiny, tiny amount. And so not only are we energetic beings in an energetic universe, we're really only able to actually sense a small amount of the energy that's out there. Your ears. Sound is literally defined as energy that travels in waves through air, water, or other substances, and that can be heard. So energy in the form of sound waves comes into us through our ears. It gets translated and converted into electrical energy and then gets interpreted by our brain. Even our skin has specific receptors in it for sensing things like heat or cold or pressure, all forms of energy. So you are an energetic being in an energetic universe. The problem with that definition is it doesn't really take into account what's inside of us. And when we ask, you know, who am I? How can I find myself? That's really what we're referring to. Because the information that comes into us through our senses, that's the external world. That's what we perceive. And it's our internal experience 
that really drives who we are. And so when we're asking, who am I, that seems to be where we're wanting to focus. Now, according to Maslow, who developed the hierarchy of needs, and he's the one who really started to categorize how our internal world is shaped. And according to Maslow, we have different levels, a hierarchy of the needs that have to be met. And we start with things like our biological needs. It's all about our survival. And then after that, it goes to connection and stability. And then it's all about belongingness. If you study the chakras, you'll notice that there are lots of similarities between the chakra system and Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Now, this system is wonderful and was amazing for its time, and it has had a little bit of an upgrade in more recent times. And that's because Maslow's hierarchy of needs is a linear system. It says that you start in one and you move up in a linear fashion. And you're supposed to go from the first tier all the way up to self-actualization, and that is the goal. Because this is a linear process, it really kind of makes it a two-dimensional process. And so in 1952, Claire Graves came up with what was eventually named the spiral dynamic theory. And this was further developed by Don Beck and Chris Cowan. So according to spiral dynamic theory, this is a theory that posited that the psychology of human beings transitioned throughout time based upon an ever-changing set of complex life conditions. What that means is that we go through these different phases in our development, in our value evolution, and it is our values that determine what motivates us, it determines our belief system, it determines the box that we hold all of who we are in. And rather than being a linear path, according to the spiral dynamic theory, this is a spiral path and we continue to go up. And we can see this evolution in societies, in individuals, in whole cultures. And what I like about this system is that it's not talking only about your personality, right? Most of us have done the Myers-Briggs analysis and know our personality type, right? INFJ, holla. So according to spiral dynamic theory, it's not a linear journey from survival to self-actualization. It's a repeated cycle and people go through this and it's about expressing the self and denying the self. Each level encapsulates all the elements of previous levels rather than appearing to leave them behind. And so it's a true spiral that goes upward. What does that mean? This means that who you are is 100% dependent on where you are on your path, what your values are, what's important to you, and what's going on around you, the context of who you are. The problem with things like Myers-Briggs personality tests is that it doesn't take into account your environment and the fact that we are dynamic individuals. And so if we update our definition from before, you are a continuously evolving energetic being, interacting with and through an energetic universe. Now, the Graves value system is split into eight different value levels. And this is a topic of like books and books and books. So I'm going to walk you through the quick and dirty, easy version, just so that you kind of get a feel for this and can start to figure out how this fits into your life and why this matters so much. So value level one, this is all about survival. This is individual oriented. It's turned inwards on self. You will not really see value level one in our society because this is someone who is completely one with nature. They are all about the four Fs, fighting, fleeing, feeding, and reproducing. They only want to have food. They want to be warm. They want to procreate. That's it. So we're looking at, you really only see this in newborn infants, um, possibly late stage Alzheimer's, 
but really you're not going to encounter this in our society. This is more if you're going back hundreds of thousands of years when humans first came onto the planet. It was really all about survival. There was nothing else. It was all out for self. Value level two, this is all about tribal. Now we're going into community oriented. Now we've realized that in order to survive, we have to start to band together. In this value level, it's all about the chief, the tribe, and the ancestors. Everything is mysterious. Everything has spirit. There are sacred symbols and totems everywhere to keep us safe. You're going to see a lot of this in the more tribal cultures, in shamanistic cultures, uh, in the aboriginal cultures in Australia. You'll still find this a lot. In our Western society, you'll see it in a more diluted form in like football supporters, you know, like all for one, one for all, for the team. Um, even in strong family units, especially Italian family units, where it's all about the family more so than any individual. You do what you need to do for the family. And it's said to about 10% of the world population lives at this level. Now, once you follow all these rules, and once you are part of this clan, eventually, as part of your evolution, you start to wonder, well, who am I? And a really cool demonstration of this evolution from value level two to three is if you've ever seen the movie Moana, where she's part of this tribal culture, you just do what you're supposed to do, and everything is for the community. You follow what your elders do. You do what every generation did. And then along comes someone who says, well, what about me? So value level three turns back into self. It's all about immediate gratification. It's about domination. It's control. It's about finally saying, I'm free from everyone. I'm going to do what I want to do. And I don't care about anyone else. Now, in its darker side, this one's all about strength and aggression. It's very much selfish. Success is about winning the respect of others and avoiding shame. Shame is a huge motivator for value three. You will see this in our society. About 20% of the world population operates at this level. Usually you'll see it in children in the terrible twos. Um, rebellious teenagers will go through this where they're like, I'm going to do what you guys don't do. Um, in macho behavior or in gangs, you will still find this. Um, so this one you're going to encounter somewhat in life, and a lot of people have unresolved stuff in this level. If you are the black sheep of your family, where you felt that the only way to be you was to completely leave the family behind to evolve past value level two into three, then this is where you're going to find those characteristics. Value level four, this is where a lot of society is right now. About 40% of the world's population is value level four. This is everything has its place and there's its place for everything. You work now for rewards later. I work now really hard so I can have a pension later. I work now really hard so I can get that gold watch so I can retire. How many times have you heard people say, I'm going to work myself to the bone so that I can retire and just do whatever I want? So in value level four, you don't get to do what you want now. You have to work hard now and wait. And so it's all about maintaining stability and you want to punish anyone who rocks the boat. So rewards come from working hard keeping your nose clean, doing what you're supposed to do. Value level four, you will see it in government systems, in school system, wherever there is a right and a wrong way to do something. That's value level four. There is no gray. There is no individual. It's very community oriented. It's all about systems. And that's important. We need systems in our life. And then once we have learned the system, at some point we realize, and in the mental health world, we see this a lot, the reason people start to seek out coaches like myself is because they are moving from value level four up to five. They are in four. They're doing everything they're supposed to do. I'm going to therapy. I'm taking the meds. I'm doing the breathing. I'm writing in my journal. I'm saying affirmations and it's still not working. I did all this work and it wasn't worth it. What about me? 
And that's when you start to get the jump into value level five. Now this one's back to individual oriented and this one's all about achievement. Value level five is all about being the best you that you can be. It is strongly expressed individualism. There's a strong faith in science and rationality. If you cannot prove it to me, I will not believe it. I want to live the good life. I want to make sure that I'm doing things not right, but the best that I can do. If you are a value level five, you play to win and you like competition. You believe that optimistic risk-taking and self-reliant people deserve their success. Value level fives mostly ignore their inner spirituality. This is where you're going to get like your CEOs, the ones who are, you know, everything's replaceable. Um, don't like the employee's attitude? Fire them, get a new one. You don't like this TV anymore? Toss it, get a new one. Um, it's all about the self. There really isn't anything beyond. So it's quite materialistic. It, while it's 30% of the world's population, it's estimated that about 50% of the U.S. is at this value level. And it's all about the almighty buck. So capitalism was born in value level five, but also was the industrial revolution, right? People who were willing to break free the system, the innovators, the ones who started to look beyond and started to use their rational minds to break free. So value level five was important for society and it's an important part of our own personal growth. After you get to this point, eventually you're going to be like, well, I have the house, I have the car, I have the 3.1 kids and dog, and I'm still not happy. And so value level six begins to open up. And this goes back to community oriented. Value level six, this is where all of us from love and light like to live. The human spirit must be freed from dogma and greed. It's all about our feelings and sensitivity, and that's more important than rational thought. It's anti-establishment. It's anti-authoritarian. Its fundamental belief is that all people are good. It's society that makes them bad. And so value level six are highly idealistic. This is where you started to see people in society coming out in North America. Um, this was all about the 60s and going back to love and connection. And about 10% of the world's population lives here and it's starting to grow more and more. The problem with this value level is they're not the most motivated. <laughs> <laughs> they don't care about material possessions. They don't care about money. And that's all well and good until they get booted from their home and they need money for food. But they're not going to go back to value level five because they see them as greedy. And so this is where value level seven starts to come in. And this is where a lot of society is hopefully moving to currently only about 1% of the population. This is the place where you pursue learning for its own sake, not to prove you're better, not because it's right, not to make sure that you're worthy, but just to learn. This is all about systems. It's about seeing the world in a more holistic process. It's about prioritizing flexibility, spontaneity. There is no purpose in rank or in power. And it is said that the more of us who jump into this value level, the more we can start to treat the world as its own unit versus country against country. And there are a lot of those who say that this up-leveling of society that the spiritual world keeps talking about, if you look at it from spiral dynamic theory, it's really about the evolution from value level six up to seven. Because love and light doesn't pay the bills and value level five completely depletes the earth of all its resources. And so value level seven is about taking everything we've learned from all the previous levels and starting to look at the earth as a whole. And what makes you go from one value level to the next is a crisis, a personal crisis, a societal crisis. It is a crisis that makes us abandon what wasn't working and seek something else. Value level eight, about 0.1% of the world's population is here and usually not all the time or consistently. This is where it's all global. 
where everything is about complete cooperation. When you look at movies like Star Trek, because I'm a nerd, I'm going to bring in Star Trek, and like they've managed to find love and peace and everyone wears the same uniform and they're all totally cool with it and everyone gets along and there's no more war and all is well, that would be the global version of a value level eight. We are clearly not near that. Um, and that would be the next evolution on the spiral. And it is said that once we hit that level, a new spiral, a new evolution will open up. And that's more about evolved consciousness. Uh, the reason that people like the Buddha or Jesus had what they had was because they actually evolved past up into level nine and above. So I find it really interesting how psychology is starting to come bring some information to the spiritual world. So how does this pertain to who you are? Well, the real question isn't who are you? The question really is, are you really you? See, we can be in multiple value systems at the same time, depending on the context. You can be a value level four at work. You follow the procedures, you punch the clock, you do what you're supposed to do, you listen to authority. You can come home and be a value level three, where you have to assert control and fight to be right and get your way. Um, especially if you're in the teenage years. You can be a value level six with your friends where you go sh crystal shopping and go to retreats together. So are you really you? What mask do you wear when you're at work? What part of you comes home to your partner or your kids? What version of you shows up with your parents? Yeah, it's usually where VL3 comes in. <laughs> and what version shows up with your friends? So it's not really about asking who are you? Stop asking that. You're not going to get the answer because who you are depends on the context. And so instead of asking who am I, which is just going to spin you in circles, it's really not going to get you an answer. Start asking instead, how do I want to show up in the world? How do you want to show up in the world? If who you are is in a constant state of flux, and if it's in a constant state of change, and if it's dependent on the context and the environment you find yourself in, then asking who am I is irrelevant. It doesn't matter. So instead ask how you wanna show up in the world. You get to choose. This is what the journey is all about, not finding yourself, it's about creating yourself. So you begin by measuring how do I wanna show up in the world? And then you ask yourself, how am I actually showing up in the world? And the space between those two things, that's the gap. That's where you just, you're missing some skills, there's some changes and shifts that need to happen so that you can begin to show up in the world how you actually want to show up in the world. And it starts by asking, how do I want to show up in the world? Do you want to show up as someone who is agreeable, who is open and flexible, who adapts easily to life's changes? Or do you want to show up as someone who is an anxious person, as someone who has depression in the family? as someone who can't cope, as someone who feels lonely all the time. You get to decide how you want to show up in the world. And if how you're actually showing up is not how you want to show up, then it's just a skills gap in between. And that's easy enough to reverse engineer. And that's a question you can actually answer. This is a question that actually keeps you evolving and growing. Because it's not about finding yourself. It's about creating yourself which by the way is a very value level seven concept. So some key concepts to remember. Remember that who you are depends on a lot of factors that are determined by what's going on around you and that stuff is out of your control. 
You are picking up a mere fraction of the data around you. The information coming into your senses is not enough to help you out. So looking out there for who you are won't get you anywhere. That being said, you are an adaptive being. And so where you are and who's surrounding you will change how you show up. And that's okay. Often we say, you know, I'm wearing these different masks in my, in my life and so I don't know who I am. Instead of saying that all these aspects of how you're showing up are who you are. And remember that knowing who you are is really a lot less important than knowing how you want to show up in the world. That is 100% in your control. And like I said, if there is a gap, just fill it. Go find skills. Go find someone to help lead you through it, someone who's walked that path before. And as always, I want to remind you to decide you want it more than you're afraid of it. The idea that you get to decide how you want to show up in the world can be a little overwhelming at first. But just decide you want it more than you're afraid of it. And that's always the decision that will take you to the next step. And of course, if you have any questions about any of the information from tonight or previous podcasts, please know you can always reach out to me at www.livelifeunbroken.com or through email or through social media. So out of curiosity, how do you want to show up in the world? Compassionate. Compassionate. Nice. Very cool. And how are you actually showing up in the world? Not 100% compassionate, but there. Nice. I think. Awesome. Cool. Doesn't it feel better to know that you're actually getting closer to how you want to show up in the world versus just asking an open question of who am I and then spinning and getting confused? <laughs> That's very cool. Um, to be caring, compassionate, like there's a whole bunch of, um, just to be a, a giving person. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And how close are you to actually showing up in the world that way? I try very much to, to be like that. Cool. And doesn't it feel nice to know that how you want to show up in the world is actually lining up with how you actually are? Isn't that a much more fun thing to experience than to just spin in the question of who am I? Now, when you look at it from a value perspective, then um, that makes it a lot easier yeah. versus a who am I question. Yeah, who am I doesn't really give us anything because who are you changes. It changes. You learn something new. Your belief changes about yourself. You read an article and suddenly you believe something else, right? You are meant to be an ever-evolving being. And I think this who am I assumes is a meme that, and there's a quote and I can't remember who it's by and I meant to write it down and that I didn't. And it says that you are not a $10 bill found in an old pocket. Be like, oh, there I am. Found me. Yay, enlightened. Like that's not, <laughs> I mean, I wish it was. <laughs> you know, that would be really nice and easy if it worked that way. If we just went on a big Easter egg hunt and then one day we're like, oh, I found me. And then like, that would be it. But it's not meant to be that way. It is a spiral. You are meant to be ever changing, ever evolving, mastering how you want to show up in the world in one area of your life. In my business, I am showing up how I want to show up in the world. With my mom, not always. <laughs> Old versions of me will show up with my mom, unresolved stuff from other layers right? Usually value level three and five show up for me. You can't tell me what to do and I'm allowed to say what I want to say. <laughs> Yay! Right? And so there's still some opportunities in those areas to grow. So if I judge myself, who am I by how I respond to my mom, that's going to be a vastly different gen than judging myself based on how I show up in my business. And they are both me, as well as a million me's in between. 
And so just evaluating how do you want to show up in the world gives you actual measurable information that you can use to calibrate your life as opposed to just being like, who am I? And we just wait for an answer, right? Who am I? Hello. <laughs> right? That's how it feels. Um, I, I think you said something very important to me just now in the sense of who am I is a very different person with different people. Yeah. And you, you hit it on the head when you mentioned a mother um, because that personality is a totally different person, a person I don't like. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And that is a person who's still healing through some other parts of the spiral because we can run parallel tracks. Right. right. And that's okay. I think the biggest thing to understand is that that's okay. We tend to think that it's a dysfunction, that if I wear a different mask at work, even the language we use, I'm wearing a mask, I'm hiding who I am. Right. Or is that who you are in that context? And again, if how you're showing up in that context is how you actually want to show up in that context, then yay. And if it's not, there's a gap. Woohoo, we found a gap. Fill the gap. Do you want to learn more about how you can continue your journey and experience my virtual healing circles in real time? If so, check out livelifeunbroken.com circle and join my free circle membership. Receive weekly reminders, bonus material and recaps, plus special offers, as well as access to my weekly virtual healing circles. If you're ready to leave behind the fears and limitations of the ego and step into the spiritual life you've long known is waiting for you, you're invited to join me, Jen Fable, for a soul-nourishing journey into the exploration of you, the universe, and all space in between. Take control of your spiritual journey to attain a new level of understanding and connection to yourself and the people in your life. During our time and circle together, I will share with you all the tips and tricks you need to make playing with energy fun, easy, and most of all, effective. Together, we'll learn how to cultivate our inner compass to enable us to walk our path with grace and ease. We'll open the space with a candle meditation, and after I will share with you my favorite grounding practices and lead you through a circle casting, guided meditation, and breath work, followed by a soul-inspiring gratitude practice. If your soul has been calling out to you and you're ready to tune in and listen, go to www.livelifeunbroken.com circle and register today for your Zoom access information. That's www dot l i v e l i f e u n b r o k e n dot com backslash circle c i r c l e. Thanks again for tuning in, and I'll see you next time.